0: Welcome to Truth Pod, the podcast that proclaims the truth of God's Word without shame or apprehension, where the Bible is the last word on any subject. I'm Russell, your host. Welcome to Truth Pod. Thank you for joining me today. Another wonderful day to be alive. Are you excited about the season? It's that time of year, right? I'm going to take a break from my current study and um, do this um, study concerning this time of year, this season. You know, it's that time of year again, the time we celebrate the Savior's birth. Thanking God for such an awesome gift, His Son. Do you have a favorite Christmas song? I have a couple. One of them, Mary, Did You Know? I really Love the message of that song. And then there's uh, another one I, I really, really love as well. And so they're, they're two together that are just a toss-up for me. And uh, it's called uh, How Many Kings. And I, I just love the message of that song as well. Uh, so I think that's what's great about the Christmas songs is the message that it brings of hope, cheer, Um That deliverance is coming that, you know, there's more to life than maybe our dull, drab life that we're seeing right now. There's more to it. And we can look forward to it and uh, see it within Christ Jesus. What about a favorite Christmas show? Growing up, I loved a Charlie Brown Christmas, you know. And uh, he had just that little Christmas tree, you know, that that thing. But also, they put in the real message of Christmas, the Christ child, you know. And um, I like that one. Um, But I think my favorite Christmas program now is A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. You know, I love the story behind The Christmas Carol. You know, it it's the it's heartwarming. It's scary. It's uh, you know, it's tense. Oh, it's alerting. You know, it causes you to open your eyes and think, "What am I doing with my life? Where am I going? What am I doing?" You know, and um, and it also helps us to recognize and realize that there's more. Than just me. You know, there's there's more to this life than just me. And uh there's so much value in uh loving other people and uh doing good, you know, to others. So I, I really, I really love that the Christmas carol. I think it's so great. But Christmas, its original meaning, we've heard it for years, but so sadly. It's become commonplace for us, and many times we're like, uh-huh, okay, it's Christmas, just another Christmas, you know. You start seeing the Christmas lights going up before Thanksgiving, you know, and you think, oh, man. The, the uh, Christmas radio stations start playing uh, Christmas music the day after Thanksgiving, so about midway, Between Thanksgiving and Christmas, you're like, I wish I could hear some different music, you know. And, uh, you know, so it's become so-so. But what was it like back then? Was it a big deal? Was it even noteworthy? Who was there? Did they get excited? I hope to answer these questions today and pause from our rushing around to find that perfect gift so we could take a look at some of those involved that incredible night that God came to earth and became a man. Take a moment, if you can, and join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus intending to do this study on the Christmas story, one that uh, we've heard since we were little ones. Hopefully, parents are still teaching their little ones this story, the story of our dear Savior's birth. I praise you and thank you for this time of year, Lord, because it's a reminder that you sent your Son to this earth to give us hope, to give us new life. Thank you for loving us and doing such a wonderful, amazing things for us. I pray that those who listen to this podcast would be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you like reminders? (laughs) You know, are you the type of person who has to write things down to remember them? You know, dinner with the in-laws, Friday at 5, kids' basketball game is at their school at 3, Saturday. I like using the calendar on my phone to remind me of birthdays of those I love because I sometimes forget, you know, and and they, you know, the months pass by so quickly, you can, it's easy to forget someone's birthday or an important event. Do you have trouble remembering your spouse's birthday? Let me tell you, men, if you forget your wife's birthday, ooh, that's a big one. That's a big one. You know, she might not mention it. She might be subtle and quiet about it, but you better not forget it. You better not forget it, okay? Uh, How about the anniversary? That's another big one. Two big events for you, men, and, uh, you know, your wife's birthday and your anniversary. Remember, 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 right? These are two events that take place every year, you know, That can add spice or sour grapes to your relationship. Depends on how you handle them. Well, every year we have two great reminders of God's unending love for us. They are carefully put on every calendar each year, Christmas and Easter. I know I didn't have to tell you because we have heard of these two events since when we were babies, right? I'm reading today from the gospel, according to Luke, probably the most read Christmas story ever. Now, I know sometimes some people might have problems with the word story, you know, because they think, well, if it's story, it might, might just be a fairy tale. Well, you can, if it comes from the Bible, it's true. It's accurate. You could take it to the bank, okay? You could stake your life on it. So, uh... I still use the word story. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 18. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Well, I bet. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest! And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Um, This is such an amazing story, isn't it? I I just look at it and think about, you know, where they had said, where they they just, you know, were at work and uh, what happened to them and then um, how that the angels were speaking to them personally and uh, the proclamation taking place and, you know, there's just so much here, you know, There's so much here, and these men, these shepherds, are eager to go and find out what this is all about, you know. I want to do this study a little different than I do most studies. I want to talk about the where, the why, and the who of the story, okay? So, it's just, you know, like a three-point outline kind of thing, and, um, I want to talk about the where, okay? The where of these events, the where of just about any story, is important. You know, when a certain place is mentioned, all right? Immediately, when a certain place is mentioned, it goes through your our it goes through our head. I've been there, oh I or I know just where that place is, you know, or I've always want it to go there you know so when someone is talking about a um an event in their life you know they might be talking about going to disney world and you you know you might be thinking oh man you know i've always wanted to go there and and you know so you might you know move in a little closer and listen a little more intently to what they're saying here's a few examples have you ever seen the tv series pawn stars it's a show about this pawn shop in Las Vegas. It's supposed to be very popular. People are always bringing in unique items to pawn or to sell. You know, and, and I've watched it, oh, you know, a number, a number, a number of times. And it's humorous. And I think that's one of the things I like about it is the humor. But I also like the unique items that people bring in, you know, and hearing the uh, backstory about them. You'll get some history on them. And uh, then seeing what kind of value they have on them, you know. Now, I've never been to Vegas, but back a few years ago, my wife and those from her work went to Vegas on a business trip, and while she was there, she went to this pawn shop, you know, where they record the TV series Pawn Stars. She said it was smaller than it appears on TV, and the only star from the show that she saw was Chumley. Now, he's He's funny, yeah. You know, he's a funny one. Um, so, you know, just you know, hearing it, when she started talking about them going by there, it's like uh, my ears perked up, and I was interested in it because, you know, here is something I had seen on TV. I had never been there, but she was, and she was able to add more detail, you know, to the to the show, to the you know, to the area, to the where of uh, that event. Um, now, having TV and video viewing equipment these days, we can see all kinds of places found all over this world, or even into outer space. Right? I mean, it's just it's amazing what we what we see, you know, through media of TV and all that. Um, we can see the Grand Canyon, um, you know, the Amazon forest, the Bahamas um seeing these places is one thing right but going there adds a whole new dimension to our knowledge to our knowledge and experience One well, of the reasons i like to watch crime documentaries and i you know and i do i like to watch crime documentaries um is because of location i'm drawn more into a into the program If the event they're talking about is located in some place I've been, you know, and and it just makes me um, more tuned in, pardon the pun, more tuned in to the event, you know, because of um, what they're talking about, where the location is. Um, You know, we probably all remember where we were the day the World Trade Center was attacked. I was at work, and I heard it on the radio. The DJ thought it was a prank or something along that line. I mean, he was just bewildered as the rest of us. It seemed, you know, impossible. And, uh, you know, so where I was, I, I still remember where I was to this day, and I'm sure you do too, Um you know, and so there's people can tell you, I remember where I was the day JFK was shot. That's John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Um, they can tell you that. And they'll say, I remember where I was. They can almost give you, tell you exactly what they were doing at that particular time. So what lo- does location have to do with our study? A whole lot, really. Uh, when you consider that the prophet Micah foretold over 400 years ago where messiah where jesus would be born listen to this micah 5 and 2 but you o bethlehem Ephrata, or ephrathah or who are little who are too little to be among the clans of judah from you shall come forth to me one who is to be ruler in israel whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Wow. You know, so this location, oh, very, very important, you know. And, uh, and, and God was speaking through the prophet Micah and say, hey, it's going to happen right in Bethlehem. And it's like, whoa, Bethlehem? bethlehem was just a few miles from jerusalem it was a very small place barely noticeable to anyone of importance you know it was just one of those places you you drive through you blink your eyes and you're through it you know as we would say today probably doesn't even have a mcdonald's you know or a walmart um I don't know about a dollar, dollar General store because a lot of places seem to be getting those no matter how small they are, <laughs> but I digress. Anyway, today, Bethlehem is no longer a small farming town, but a large city of about 100,000 people. It resides under Palestinian authority. It used to be <coughs> a um, Arabic Christian stronghold. Though in recent years, the Christian population has shrank to 16%, and the majority are Muslims. I remember um, just a few years ago when we had visited Bethlehem. And when you go to Bethlehem, you have to go through a gate okay, from Israel into this Palestinian-controlled area uh, of Bethlehem. And on the walls, I remember the big walls to my left, and to my right, and, uh, all kinds of graffiti, you know, put there, you know, depicting different things, you know, and I'm sure they had different meanings for different people, just, you know, one of the things I remembered about that area, um, I remember, you know, just, we were driving there uh, on our tour bus as we went there, and I said, they, as I said, you had to go through... Uh, gates but it was actually checkpoints you know they had to make sure that nobody bad was coming out of palestinian area into israel they're very strict about that and they're very guarded you know so uh that location um has still has a lot of meaning for me and being in bethlehem and uh, the place where jesus was born now i want to talk about the why you know Why shepherds? Why angels? Why Bethlehem? Why shepherds? They were just ordinary men, considered by many to be the lowest of the lower lower class. They eke out a meager living. Matter of fact, they were at work when this happened, when this occurred. The shepherds who navigated the dark streets of Bethlehem to find the newborn baby were not the kind of men that regularly made kingly visits. These men were separated from mainstream society, and likely their language habits and associations would have been repulsive to those living in the homes they passed. You know, one thing about farmers is they smell like the farm, you know? And uh, same thing with shepherds. They smell like the sheep. Um, fast food workers. I used to work at KFC, and I would often often get comments from friends of my personal close ones that could say it, you know, that I smell like KFC. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just, it's the environment. And uh, so these men were just not, uh, you know, were just not high-class individuals. So why shepherds? Three possible reasons. This foreshadowed Jesus' role as the good shepherd, you know, the one who watches over his sheep, who takes care of all of us that are his, you know, and not one of us is lost. Um, Number two reason, uh, God despises our smugness, prejudice, and pride. You know, we might be... uh, Driving by in our fancy automobile and look over at a poor homeless person and we adjust our fancy collar and necktie and think you know well, that's not me you know look at me I'm you know I'm a, God despises that he despises that and uh, the third possible reason he longs to reach the unreachable listen to that he longs to reach the unreachable that could be you right he longs to reach you so three possible reasons of why shepherds the shepherds have no had no idea that this night that they went to work would be unlike any other night in human history there are people who claim to see strange things all the time but the proof is in the pudding right as they say but these men showed up to work, and they saw angels. They saw angels. So why angels? All throughout history, God has used angels to proclaim to man his plan. When he called Gideon, he sent an angel. He sent an angel to announce the birth of Samson, an angel to Zechariah that Elizabeth would give birth, John the baptizer, an angel, um, was sent to Mary as well. Maybe, maybe what's taking place here with these angels is the grand procession. No other king had this kind of annunciation. No other king deserved this kind of proclamation. Before the angel made the announcement, only Mary and Joseph knew of the Christ child's birth. The angel's message, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. He tells them, don't be afraid. Stop being afraid of God. Stop fearing God. You're fearing the wrong one. He's the one who loves you and cherishes you. Stop being afraid of him and running away from him. Fear not, you know. Or not, which tells me they were probably shaking in their boots. And can you blame them? You know, you can't. They had never witnessed anything like this, nor you and I, right? He assured them they were not in trouble. He said, I bring you good news of great joy. I don't know about you, but I like good news. I like good news, and, you know, I I listen to the news every night, and I'm hoping, hoping, hoping to hear some good news, you know, that some pandemic is ended. That would be good news, wouldn't it? Um, that, you know, fighting has died so far down that, you know, it is just, strange you know and and funny to look at funny and peculiar you know uh i would like to hear that good news you know but the angel here comes with real good news i bring you good news of great joy good news of great joy You know, so in other words, this is going to be exciting, buddy. When you hear the angels like saying, when you hear what I've got to say, man, you're going to be excited. This is, you know, so perk up your ears and just get ready to strap on your boots and run and head to it. You know, I like that. He said for all people, good news, great joy to all people. Hey, that means to the Muslim that means to the gay that means to the transgender that means to the drunkard that means to the to the drug addict that means to the porn-addicted person. That means to the prostitute. That means to the dying in the hospital. That means to the homeless person out on the street. That means to the broken, you know, and lost soul out there in the, in the world who don't know where they're going to get their next bite of food, and, and they're lost, and they have no idea where to go, and no one seems to care. That means to all people. God is so gracious so gracious. He doesn't work from the greatest to the least. Hallelujah. He works from the least to the greatest. He works from the least to the greatest. This, all people kind of includes the shepherd, the rejects, as I've mentioned, everyone of society. It means it applies to you and I as well. Wow. Think about that. Think about that, because it means it's good news for you, my friend. My friend, it is good news for you. So why Bethlehem? God chooses something small, quiet, out of the way, and does something there that changes the course of human history and eternity. Why? Why? Because when he acts this way, we can't boast in the merits or achievements of men, but only in the glorious mercy of God. We can't say, well, of course he set his favor on Bethlehem. Look at the human glory Bethlehem has achieved. No, all we can say is God is wonderfully free he is not impressed by our bigness. He does nothing to, in order to attract attention to our accomplishments. He does everything to magnify his glorious freedom and mercy. He's free to do it. He's free to do it. Now my third point, the who. The who. Well, we have shepherds, men who were faithful to their calling, Lowliest of men of that day, not really people you and I would give much thought to. We, you know, do you know any shepherds? You know, I mean that kind of thing. And and they, granted, they're more plentiful in uh in Israel. You know, when I was there, I saw a number of them um, as we would travel. You could see them, you know, on the hillsides uh, having little shanty set up. You know, and and they you could just see sheep you know, all over. And, you know, it's more popular there, of course. And then the who is, we have angels, amazing beings. Very little is known of these beings. They're powerful. They refuse worship and they're messengers. Then also the who is, we have Mary, a very important person in the story. You know, I mean, mother's, are very important, okay? I have always expressed that in my episodes. Mothers are very important. She would have to be a virgin. She would have to be patient and trust God to work all these things out in her life. She would be responsible to raise her firstborn the way God wanted her to. She had to feel a great responsibility to this calling God had placed upon her. I mean, after all, this was God's son. You know, could you imagine being the mother, okay, of God? And um, you might feel like you have to correct Jesus. This is God's son. Uh, what if it's just me? What if I'm wrong? You know? <laughs> and uh, anyway, but, you know, she was responsible for raising this baby. So the who is very important in this story. Mary was very, you know, um, important to this story, giving birth to this child and then raising this child. I believe that if Mary were here, she would tell us not to worship her. She was just doing what God told her to do. She surrendered to his plan no matter the cost. If you're called a pastor, you're just doing what God called you to do, you know, or If you're just working your job, you're just doing what you've been called by God to do, you know? So you don't deserve worship or, you know, covet worship for that. Um, And I believe that she would tell people, stop worshiping me, worship Jesus. And then another who is, we have Joseph. He was thrust into a scenario that he had a hard time wrapping his head around. And who can blame him? His fiance is pregnant. And the baby isn't his. And you can, you know, chase that rabbit down that road for a little while, you know, and imagine what he must have felt like, what he would thought. You know, thank God he was not left to his own thoughts about the matter. An angel told him in a dream to take Mary as his wife because the baby was from God. Even though he was not the actual father, I don't believe it stopped him from being an excellent father figure to Jesus probably even teaching him the carpenter trade. Then, the final who. We have Jesus. The only reason these other characters were involved in the first place, it's all about him. Isaiah 7.14 says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Wow. Then Isaiah 9 and 6 says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. This is talking about Jesus. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You might think, well, that didn't happen where I read in the Gospels. No, not yet. It's coming. Then Luke 2, 11 through 12 says this, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, a Savior. They've been looking for him for millennia. They've been looking for him ever since it was hinted at back in Genesis at the fall A savior, someone to deliver us out of the mess and mire we've got ourselves into, you know, a savior. That's what a savior does, delivers you. He delivers you. Okay. You know, we get into stuff. We get into drugs because we think, oh, it'll make us feel so good. But then we wake up one day finding that the drugs don't do it anymore. And we've got, but we can't stop taking them. And we need a savior. And here he is. He's coming to save us. And he's saving us from the mess we got ourselves into. But he don't come there pointing the finger at us like some of our quote unquote loved ones. No, he comes and hands us, reaches to us with his hand. And he says, I'm your savior, your redeemer. I love you. I have called you by name. He loves us. Wow. A Savior who is Christ, the Lord. See, he isn't just the Savior. He is Lord of all. Lord of all. Anything you could think of, he's Lord. He's Lord of heaven and earth. Wow. Jesus, the main reason. Oh, man, I'm about to shout. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. The main reason of the entire story of the Bible. It's all about him. And now, now in Bethlehem, now he's born. Now he has come. Now he's here. You know, Emmanuel, you remember where I read that? It says in the Matthew gospel, it interprets it. God with us. With you and I. Wow. And you know what? We can't comprehend it we can't it's just it's too amazing it's too marvelous it's too great it's beyond us And, and uh to use uh a phrase that they would use today it blows our minds he's too much he's too awesome and believe me if that word in all caps is ever meant for anyone it's meant for him jesus jesus the son of god the savior was born in bethlehem i like presents for christmas (laughs) the more the better so i must confess that i am guilty of putting more emphasis on them than i do contemplating what it all meant that night when jesus god's son came as a baby i'm guilty You know, I'm selfish. I forget that the real reason that we celebrate Christmas is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, that whosoever is you and I, believes in him would have eternal life. Would not perish, but have eternal life. Wow. This is a story filled with hope, filled with a hope, with hope, and we all need hope. Let's take a minute to thank God for this amazing gift that leaves no one out, even you and I. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast today, and Merry Christmas to you. Let me end this podcast by asking you this question. Do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? If not, you can. He loves you and wants you to be a part of His family. The first thing for you to do is admit you're a sinner and you cannot save yourself. Second, believe that He died for you and ask Him to forgive your sins. Third, thank Him for saving you and commit to living the rest of your life for Him. If you have any questions or prayer requests, just email me at truthpod at yahoo.com.